From Public Radio International, this is The World. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's Wednesday, March 21st. I'm Lisa Mullins in Boston. A tense standoff continues in Toulouse, France today. Police have surrounded the suspect in Monday's shooting at a Jewish school there. The victims were buried today in Israel. It's very hard for everyone here because we all feel related to what happened in France. And later in the program, the Big Ben Foundry, where bells are still made with old-time ingredients. The loam is made up chiefly of yellow London clay, goat's hair, horse manure, sand and some straw. BBC News with Marion Marshall. After many weeks of negotiation on how to stop the violence in Syria, the UN Security Council has unanimously backed a peace plan put forward by its envoy, Kofi Annan. In a non-binding statement, the council urged the Syrian government and its opponents to implement Mr Annan's proposals immediately. It said further steps would be considered if they failed to do so. The US Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, welcomed the statement. To President Assad and his regime... We say, uh, along with the rest of the international community, take this path, commit to it, or face increasing pressure uh, and isolation. The proposals include guaranteeing humanitarian access and a withdrawal of government troops from cities and towns. It comes as government tanks shell two suburbs of the Syrian capital, Damascus, according to opposition activists. The French authorities say the man suspected of shooting dead Jewish children, a rabbi and soldiers in southern France, was planning another attack before police trapped him. The suspect, Mohamed Merah, who's of Algerian origin, has been cornered at an apartment building in Toulouse. Christian Fraser reports from the city. He was planning another attack today on a soldier. But early this morning, working on intelligence gathered in the biggest manhunt France has known, police swooped on an apartment in a quiet residential street of Toulouse. And inside was the gunman responsible for seven murders. His name is Mohamed Mera, a 24-year-old French citizen who was arrested in Afghanistan and is known to the intelligence services. Through the course of the day, as the siege stretched on, police swapped a mobile phone for the pistol the gunman had used in the killings. But he was still heavily armed, and negotiations stalled. Troops in the centre of Mali's capital, Bamako, are reported to have taken control of state television. Earlier, shots were fired at a barracks in Bamako, following a visit by the Minister of Defence. More from our West Africa correspondent, Toma Fessi. Soldiers have blocked access to the state TV and ordered programmes to come off air. The soldiers say they lack the weapons to carry out a successful military campaign against the Tuareg-led rebellion in the vast northern desert. Tuareg fighters have forced the army out to several northern towns over the past two months, while Islamist combatants have also gained ground. Armoured vehicles have been deployed in front of the presidential palace in Bamako. A Libyan government delegation has left Mauritania without the former Libyan intelligence chief, Abdullah Asanusi, who was detained there last week. Earlier, Libya's deputy prime minister, Mustafa Abu Shagur, said he'd secured a promise of Mr. Sanusi's extradition from the Mauritanian president. Mr. Sanusi was considered to be Colonel Gaddafi's right-hand man. He's wanted for alleged crimes against humanity during last year's uprising. World News from the BBC. 
A Cuban official newspaper has accused government opponents on the island and in the U.S. of plotting to disrupt next week's visit by Pope Benedict. The Communist Party daily Grandma alleges that dissidents are taking instructions and bribes from what it calls counter-revolutionary organizations in Miami. Tensions have been running high ahead of the Pope's visit, with a series of protests and arrests among dissidents, who want the Pope to encourage Cuba's leaders to grant greater political freedoms. Lawyers in China have been told that for the first time they'll have to swear an oath of allegiance to the ruling Communist Party. The change is opposed by lawyers who've defended critics of the government. Abby Maudsley of our Asia Pacific desk has more. The Chinese Justice Ministry says that all lawyers wanting to obtain or renew their professional license will now have to pledge their loyalty to the country and.